Welcome to Virtual Visions, the podcast that empowers women chiropractors to transition into an online practice with confidence. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, former high overhead seven-figure practice owner turned low overhead six-figure virtual practice owner turned mentor and coach to women chiropractors who want more income, impact, and time freedom and want to build an online practice to do it. On this show, I help you navigate the steps to creating a successful online practice that truly gives you freedom, answers your most pressing questions, and guides you towards success by sharing my biggest learnings and mistakes. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. The next few episodes are part of a guide I have created called From Office to Online, The Women Cairo's Guide to Transitioning Online with Confidence. And in it, we are going over what I refer to as the CLEAR framework. And so CLEAR stands for clarity, leveraging your knowledge, energy, attraction, and revenue. And we're gonna, you're gonna hear the training in depth. This is a resource that is available to you as well. You can access the entire thing instead of waiting for each episode to drop. But um, if you go to www.gemstonepractice.com backslash guide, And you will have access to a written version of the materials, some additional handouts, and some other stuff. All of those links that go with each step of the CLEAR framework will also be included in the show notes. So feel free, dive in. And I really hope this serves you. This is the framework that I wish I had had when I transitioned online. And that is designed to really help you actually build something that creates change for you financially and in terms of your impact and has a virtual practice really serve you in the way that you want it to successfully. So I hope you enjoy and let's dive in. Should I do a course? Should I do coaching? Should I do one-on-one stuff? Should I do a membership? Should I do a group process? This is the question or these are the questions that we're going to answer in this section of the CLEAR framework, which just to recover what you've ideally already listened to, watched, worked through is clear. It stands for clarity, leverage your knowledge. And now we are on the E, which stands for energizing. As long as I spelled clear, right? I'm kidding. (laughs) So energy, and we're going to get into this. You know, what this has to do with your delivery model is I'm going to share with you something that I have learned and become passionate about and I'm excited about and is someone else's brainchild, but we're going to apply this to how we approach our practices. And this will apply to you, like if you're still in chiropractic practice as well, like heed what I'm about to share with you, okay? Because there's a lot you can learn from it and I'll share some of my own story around this as well. So there are, there's something known as the working genius. And zone of genius is a term that like I got introduced to several years ago in the book, The Big Leap, amazing read. I'll put a link if you're curious about it. Every time I read it, it changes my life. I think I've read it like five times now. Anyways, zone of genius, it's in, you know, the idea is like, it's the area of flow. It's where time stands still. And we're just like, so engrossed in what we're doing and loving it that like, we don't even notice anything. Like we're hundred percent focused, which in our high paced, fast paced society and in how we typically run, you know, practices that are high volume and like, go, 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 go all day long, we can have a hard time connecting to And so another layer of that is like, how does Zone of Genius show up in work? And the working genius 
explains that. And so this was created by Pat Lincioni. There's a podcast. He has a book, all this other stuff, but I'll just summarize for you. Right. So they determined when he was like burned out and just being kind of a jerk at work that there are six types of six steps that need to happen for any type of work to get done. And he realized he was working in his zones of frustration. And so that's why he was mean to everybody. And he kind of hated the company that he had built. A lot of us can relate to this. Um, And so what those six steps are is there's, it's widget is the acronym, but W stands for wonder. And so wonder is like asking the big question, like, I wonder about this. These are going to be the people who like create new techniques or like, you know, you wonder about if you do this move this way or on this person and differently on another, like you, you just ask those questions. Sometimes scientists are those that are like, I wonder about this. And then they have an experiment about it. So wonder is first invention. You know, the people like we ask the question and then you come up with something that solves, brings an answer to that question. So the inventor, you know, is like, here's a thing that could do that. And then discernment says, hey, this is a good idea or this is a bad idea. It's pretty basic. And then once we decide it's a good idea, the galvanizers get people really excited about it. They're like, let's go. Think marketing, (laughs) you know, like getting people on on board and excited about what you're doing. Then the enablers come in and help support all of that happening. And tenacity is the thing that carries it across the finish line and gets results. So we have all of these things and I'm going to give you, you know, some ways to look at it. If anyone is interested, there's an assessment. It's 25 bucks. I do actually have people do it as part of working with me, whether it's in a workshop or, you know, in, in part of coaching with me. Um, I should say consulting with me. We'll talk about that in credentialing. But w- the way that I kind of recognize this, so I found all this stuff, I don't know, a while ago. And I started just thinking through, I took the assessment and it gave me the things. And I realized that in how I built my practice, I actually did it in my zone of competence. So you have two of those that are your zone of genius where like time stands still, you just love it. Everything's flowing. It's amazing. Two that are your zone of competence. So there's no energy gain or loss, but it can still lead you to burnout. And then two that are your zone of frustration. And that's like the vampire. It just sucks all of the energy out of you. So notes anyone? Um, that might just be me. But, you know, so we want to look at how we're doing work and why all this matters in, you know, what we're creating with an online practice is we really want to get clear on where are we in our genius. We want to do more of that because my big goal for you here is to have you not repeat cycles of burnout, especially if you're already there. And to an extent, most of us are, right? Um, and also, you know, design something that truly fuels you energetically and has you loving life and doesn't feel like work. Like, you know, there's aspects of practice that certainly didn't feel like work. I remember one time a, a 10-year-old was like, she'd been watching me adjust for a little while one day. And she's like, do you really like looking at people's butts all day? And I hadn't even thought of that. (laughs) She was talking about leg checks and stuff that I did. And I was like, but every person is a puzzle and I get to figure them out. And so, you know, everyone is new and it's, it's just amazing. And so where my zone of genius actually came through, my working genius, so I am incredibly creative. I am a ID. So I'm inventive and I have high discernment. So like generally I come up with ideas and they're good ones. And I'm like, they're just constantly flowing. And where that came through in practice for me, was in how I approached adjusting. Like I didn't do 
you know, the very structured care plans. I, I hated that. I also judged myself hardcore for that and looked at it as a way of not being successful. So there's that. But when I actually looked back on this, I was like, yeah, how like that is where, you know, that's the part of work that never felt like work was adjusting people. And I love that. However, there's like this whole other side of chiropractic practice, right? Especially if you own your business where you're managing staff and you got like insurance crap you're dealing with if you're in that world. Hopefully you're not. And you got the paperwork, the documentation, like all these other things. For some of you, you're like, oh, yes, I love all these things. For me, I'm like, kill me now. Um, <laughs> not really. But so I realized that the way in particular that I led my team in my practice and I shared that, you know, I was pretty burned out from that whole experience. But where I led from was not my zone of genius. I actually led from my zone of competence and my zone of frustration. And what that meant was I built a business for everybody else because my zone of competence is WE, so um, wonder and enablement. And what that combination really is, is there's not a lot of like you don't put the focus on you. It's on everybody else. And you want to like make everybody else happy. So that was where I led my team from. And it burned me out. Galvanizing and tenacity, like all the marketing, if you hate trade shows, <laughs> that stuff, or, you know, getting your soap notes done is like pulling a tooth every single time that you have to do it. A lot of those things function in that world. And I have this theory that not a lot of chiropractors have the tenacity piece. A lot of us do have the galvanizing, you know, those are the the great orators and Christanos who, you know, can give a talk and have like 45 people sign up as new patients the next day, right? Like some of us do have that. But why this is important to recognize. We don't want to burn out. And when we were approaching both how we design our delivery system and our vision for what our practice is going to be, you want to be clear on what is in your zone of genius, your working genius, so that you can do as much of that as possible and delegate the things that really aren't. Also not judge yourself for the things that really aren't and do that as quickly as possible. You know, for all of us, for the most part, unless you are structured in a way where you have plenty of money to like throw at getting this thing off the ground, we're going to be doing a lot of this on our own at first, right? And you want to be clear on how you're setting all of this up so that you can either reframe the things that are in your zone of frustration, delegate them out, or, you know, do something that you really love on either side of it so that it's not draining you or spend a little less time on it. Like give it smaller time chunks, like galvanizing and tenacity, my zone of frustration, following up with people in conversations that I start or like creating anything that has structure to it, like gives me hives and makes me freak out. So it's like, if I have to create like a, a seven day nurture sequence or, you know, these things that we're supposed to have, right. I just like flip out, don't want to do it, you know, hide, don't know what to say, like go all, all crazy. Like, and so some of it is a reframe of that. And some of it is just like, okay, I can do like 20 minutes a day, or I can write one email. <laughs> Let's start there. We don't have to create the whole sequence in one day. Um, and so starting to recognize that just, it helps you work smarter, not harder. And it helps you know where you really need to surround yourself with support, whether it comes from a person or a tool. There's a lot of online tools and things that can fill some of those steps of work for you. So with this, I would actually, you know, if you don't want to take the assessment, I would just look at the part of practice that you enjoy the most 
For some people, it's going to be adjusting like it was for me. The other thing that I absolutely loved and just was really gifted at was actually decorating my office. I, I had two buildings that I ended up, well, three actually, um, you know, that I ended up housing my practice in and I like remodeled all of them. And I was the one who picked all the stuff. I didn't hire an interior designer. Not because like I had the time, but I just really, I loved it. I loved picking paint colors and floor and like seeing how everything would go together. And I was like, people always complimented me on my taste with that. And so that was like, and that's again, very creative, you know, getting to do all of that stuff. So you want to start to recognize like, where you really shine like that and and what fuels you so that we can do more of that. And with that, as you dev- design your delivery system and what you're going to create, like I'm very, as we said, very creative. So I like to make new stuff. I have like added to my program. I've revamped stuff. What I don't like to do is then like put all the stuff in, you know, finish putting it in a place where people can access it. But I finally learned to just accept that I'm constantly making new stuff and be okay with that and, you know, find a, so I found a place where that's, that lends to that. And so what I've created, you know, now that I've shifted gears a little bit and what I have most of my focus on is I put everything I've made into a membership on Mighty Networks and Mighty Networks is designed in a way to, you know, foster community. And also it's like for creative people, right? So, cause you can add to it anytime and like create, you know, discussion around it and all that. If you're not a galvanizer, bringing people into a membership type thing is going to be hard for you. Like it's just, you have to, you know, get the excitement up there and there's different ways to approach growing practice that we're going to talk about on the next section here. But as you get to know yourself in this way, you can figure out like, do I really want to be one-on-one with people? A lot of times, and again, this is like the things we think we should do or are supposed to do. Will you learn a lot being one-on-one at first? Are you probably going to start there? Yes, more than likely, but you should quickly know that you're, Hey, you're moving towards a group process. Like I love group coaching because it's just, you know, and, and leading small group things. Cause it's like, there's just so much energy and it's where I shine the most. And cause I can have, you know, creative freedom and license. And it's not always the same thing all the time. If you like structure and systems and, you know, having a step-by-step thing, then you might do really well with a course and, and just creating a, a course that people can walk through. Cause you're going to like very detailed, knock that out and enjoy it. For those of you, like I think of that and I'm like, I don't really want to do that. So, you know, some of it, I make it up as I go along and that's where I really thrive. There's a lot of intuitiveness with my personal working genius. And I share that because I have a feeling many of us are probably similar, but not necessarily. So from this, what I want to leave you with and, you know, what your homework is to really start to discern some of this for yourself. Again, discernment is high on my list. So if anyone would like to connect on a call as you're working through this, you know, again, there's zero expectations, no pressure. I'm not selling you anything. I'm really just here to support you as a step with all of this because I'm giving you a a lot. And honestly, this is the framework that if you do all this, all these things in the step, you have all the things you need, all the keys, all this knowledge and and all of that to have a viable online business and you'll have the thing ready to go. And if you need support in creating that, I'm here. So please click the link and schedule a call with me if that's helpful. Um, You could also take the assessment. It's 25 bucks. I have no affiliation with any of that. So that's up to you. And, but if you don't want to do that, you can 
look at, like I said, like your, your task for now is look at the parts of practice or business that you have really enjoyed where the time stands still. I mean, maybe you're going over financials and stuff like that. You're probably going to have a lot of tenacity. So you want to just start to look at that for yourself and then thinking about what it is that you want to create. Like, how can you bring more of that to that space? The last piece of this is, well, two pieces. This one's a little longer, it'll be okay. Um, the other thing that is really important that chiropractors struggle with and is part of what leads us to burnout and you know maybe some of the things that have brought you to the point of wanting to go virtual is clear boundaries and having what I call a values door woman. And I got this from a coach I worked with early on that was honestly, it was, I was in business finishing school. Um, but he talked about a values doorman. I like a values door woman. We can even change it to something else. But getting really clear on your both your personal values and the values of your business and using that as a gateway and a door person to say yes or no to things. And chronically, I've been there, done it so many times. You know, we struggle with saying no to people. We feel guilty or we're like, oh, it's not a big deal. I can do that or I can do this. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> and so you really want to start getting clear on what your values are. And I have an extra exercise that's attached to this that walks you through that particular process as well. And when you can do that and have that in place, you have, you know, not that it's boundaries are something that are semi-permeable. They're not like a wall. It's just like, you know, that's driven out of fear and out of pushing someone away. A boundary is in place and it just says like, hey, this is my line in the sand. But there's some, there can be some permeability to it. Um, it's not driven out of that fear or that need to protect yourself. It is a protection in some way, but hopefully the, the distinction makes sense. When you have that in place, you can actually start to build a practice that aligns with what your values are. So for example, if like being home with your kids when they're done with school is one of your values, family is a value, you use that boundary to create the hours that you're going to commit to clients and all of that stuff um, as you start to do this. So that is the other piece of this. There's a worksheet that goes along with this. I don't want to continue harping on all of that. And then the second piece that I said was still related to this is listening to your gut and intuition. And this can be hard for us high achievers with lots of education and all of that is getting out of our head and connecting with our body <laughs> in any way. But we all know what that like gut reaction feels like, right? For me, when I, I bought the 6,000 square foot building that I then regretted and had a meltdown in when we moved in was like the day I got the call from the bank that were like, yeah, we'll give you the money. Go ahead and do it. My gut was like, don't no, And I didn't listen. And so to really create something viable, whether it's brick and mortar or in the online space that creates a different experience for us in practice, you have to be willing to start to listen to that piece of ourselves some. So if anything you're coming up with, and there's a difference between like gut reaction and, you know, coming up against a lot of resistance and fear, we're going to address that. I think in the next one. Um, so remember what you resist persists. So just being aware of what comes up and I'm going to 
as a bonus teach you some stuff to to help you like work through that resistance because sometimes it's things in our subconscious that are in place to protect us from something and other times it's stories that we tell ourselves <laughs> and so we need to learn to d- differentiate that kind of stuff versus like or the real gut like you need to listen to me um kind of thing because what happens is the universe then will create a lot of things to get you to pay attention which is what happened to me and it wasn't always that fun uh so hopefully that'll make sense this was a little bit longer of an experience but like i said reach out feel free to book a call with me if you have any questions uh, around this um, you'll have a link to the working genius place. If you're curious about that, want to explore it more and then the values exercise that you can work through to create your door person. And just know, like I'm giving you, you know, less of the tactical and more of the underlying things that you need to have in place in order to really create, not just a successful virtual practice, but one that actually solves the problems that brought you to the point of wanting to do this, right? And like I said, those could be physical. It could be you just want location freedom. It could be you're a military spouse and need to move and don't want to have to start a practice all over every single time. It could be you want to have more time with your family and you feel like you've sacrificed too much over the years. Like there's a lot of different reasons we end up here, right? And my commitment is that you have this experience be something that is actually different. And these are the conversations and this is the stuff that is going to make that happen. So hopefully that is clear. And, you know, your main job is to just reflect (laughs) on some of this and, and where your energy really is fueled. And if you can't find it in practice, look at your personal life too. And that can help to start bringing all this together so that you don't recreate problems, which is something I did a lot of. All right, with that, on the next part, we're actually going to talk about, okay, you have this thing, you have a delivery system, you're very clear on all of this. How do you actually get people to come and buy it? And then the next step is how do we charge for it? How do we deal with our money conversations? And how do we create a profitable business that gives us the time freedom, the location freedom, the whatever freedom, the impact, you know, expansion and income? to really feel the lives that we want to live and contribute to the things that we love and all that. So that's where we're going. We'll see you in the next video. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Virtual Visions. It is for listeners like you that I show up each week to share ideas, expert interviews, and guidance to help you on your own journey to virtual practice success. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from. Also, if you would like a clear outline and checklist for the steps to building your own virtual practice, download our free guide from office to online, the woman chiropractor's guide to virtual practice success. You can find it at www.gemstonepractice.com backslash guide. Again, that's www.gemstonepractice.com backslash guide. Until next time, keep building your vision and taking action to make it a reality.